The idea of traveling through time is everywhere in pop culture today, from Bill and Ted right up to Endgame, and we owe it all to the prolific mind of H.G. Wells. In the original 1895 novella, Wells created not only the concept, but the very phrase, time machine itself. It is hard to imagine an idea that could open up more of a playground for the imagination. But on its own, the time machine stands as a thrilling adventure story and social commentary wrapped into one. So, we set our dials for 1895 and made time traveler cocktails. Hopefully none of us will devolve too much. Because it's time for episode 42 of Toasting the Classics, The Time Machine. Welcome to Toasting the Classics. This is the podcast where we take something that people call a classic, we talk about it, then we decide whether it's still a classic, and the best part is that while we're making our decision, while we're having that discussion, we drink a drink. That's related right. To the t related That's right. to the... Uh, and you're following along. Purported classic. Hopefully you've got the drink in your hand. Yeah, um, right? Uh, let us know. How many of you are actually making the drinks at home? I'm always curious about right. that. Are people actually playing along? You know, we try to warn you before. I didn't... Oh, no, I did. I did, actually. Just I got a text message from you just before. <laughs> right. Before to, to let that, to put that so in the So it's legit. It is out there. You've got no excuse. Ours is going to be a little bit different from yours, um, just because I didn't get all the ingredients. What's, okay. What, okay, so what's missing? Uh, mint and then a half a scoop of guava. Actually, actually no. I'm not using Schweppes blood orange okay. seltzer because good luck finding that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not using that, and I'm not using a half a guava. Okay. So, yeah, that seems excessive. It, which which is darn excessive, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So well, what are we doing this week? We are doing the classic H.G. Wells novella, uh, The Time Machine. Oh, there's a book? Yeah. Oh, I just watched the movie. No, I, <laughs> I've read the book. Which movie would you have watched? Have you seen either of the movies? I've seen, yeah, I've seen them both, actually. Okay. I, like, I like this book, and I like the 1960 movie enough that when right. the 2002 <clears throat> came out, I was, like, <clears throat> excited for it, and it was Terrible. Not, I don't know how you managed to have that much more special effects and just right. not do the job at well, all. Well, the story like, is nothing at all like, like yeah. what the story is. It's yeah. totally different. I mean, they took, yeah. took complete liberties with it. They kept the name. Right. Kept the very essence of the premise basically like he had a time machine yeah but that was it you know he kept trying to f save his love she kept dying and blah 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 oh right you know it's, oh, it i had, forgot about had all that. nothing to do with with the original story which the 1960s i remember did. there was a villain yeah they got like jeremy irons to right. play an intelligent morlock and i was Some like that's not what's yeah. supposed to be going on here but there was um yeah yeah well he the reason goes in the future i think he's is he keeps trying to save his his love. I remember that now. Keeps yeah. dying from like a like stagecoach accident. Stagecoach, yeah, yeah, carriage yeah. runs her over or something. Right. And it just keeps happening. So he's like, oh, I can't take it. So he just goes in the future. The yeah. original was fantastic. And I watched it when I was really young and it scared yeah, I did the crud too. out of I did too. And the it was scary. Were scary. Scary like in a, like in an upsetting kind of way, not like in a things pop out at you kind of right. way. It's a little bit of that. The Morlocks are creepy looking. Right. But it's also just kind of messes with your head. Yeah. It's like it's a kind of book you think, it's a kind of movie you think of or book, movie, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you think about it a lot. So right. there's a lot of big ideas going on underneath it. A lot it. of big ideas. Yeah. He, so he coined the term time machine. Yeah, I think that's, I think like that's, that's fair. Yeah, I think uh, that's true. Everybody agrees on that. So yep. every every time you see, you made a time machine out of, out of a, DeLorean? a DeLorean? Yeah. That's direct from H.G. Wells, right? Right, right. Um, every time you hear time machine, it's H.G. Wells. He came up with that. Which is pretty cool. I mean, TM. It's, right, no, sort of. Not really. Well, my 11-year-old my would call it big brain. That's big brain. 
What's that mean? <laughs> no, it's smart, I guess. Oh. That's his thing. He's like, hey, Daddy, I was big brain today. I did something, and he would tell me some shortcut he had, so he right. was big brain. Anyway. Okay. But time machine was big brain. Um, you know, the whole concept, going going through time. Um, was, yeah, was, there's a lot of um, – so this is the first instance of a thing you built, a machine, mm-hmm. that scientifically and, like, electronically or mm-hmm. what, whatever it is. Not it wouldn't be electronics even – but that a thing that can take you through time. There are right. time travel stories before this, but they're more of a magical yeah. sort. Metaphysical. Or they don't get into how sure. the people can time travel or something like that. Like even something like Rip Van Winkle is sort of a time travel Connecticut story. Yankee. He, he, Connecticut Yankee. Connecticut Yankee. Yankee, Yankee but right. I don't know what year that was written. Well, let's see. 20, so I, it had... This is 1895. They're contemporaries to some okay, extent. Yeah, they, so they so it are. could be after. Well, he's... And I, he's that's a good point. He died though, in 1946. That... Wells died in 1946. So. Oh really? 1940. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he lived. He lived to see World War II. Correct. I remember reading that. Yeah. Um. So he was. He was much younger than Twain. I think Twain was probably 20 years older than him. Maybe 30. Um, 1889. Oh, okay. 1889 is so, Connecticut. Was, so it's before. So, so this yeah. is 95. Right, okay. So yeah. So. All right. But, good. But that's that, a good but, example. Yeah. But see, that's an example where he falls and hits his head. Wakes right. up and he's in King right. Arthur's There's no court, machine. Right? There's no. And you mentioned Rip Van Winkle. That was, geez, was that was that 18th century? It's like well, it's Washington Irving, so it's close. I think it's actually early 19th century. Yeah, but, it's like right on the cusp, yeah. isn't it? But it's um, way back. And then right. there's, I actually listened to a podcast recently about like older ideas of time travel mm-hmm. going way back, and there yeah. were a couple of things in um, like Hinduism. Huh. There's a part of I think the Mahabharata where somebody. It's, it's time travel in the sense that it's like they go to visit the gods mm-hmm. and then the gods drop the bombshell that like while you were here, time was moving ten, like a, a thousand times as fast back on earth. So you've just like missed your whole life. And, <laughs> and they're like, wow, you could have yeah. told me that yeah, you know, before. But I think it's the Mahabharata. I'm not sure what Hindu text, but yeah. there is an idea. It's, it's kind of like Rip Van Winkle. Right. It's one way, but it's the idea of going into the future. So the idea has been out there for a long time. But this is definitely. I think there's even like time travel in Paradise Lost. If I remember that's correctly. interesting. Like I Satan, don't actually Satan know Paradise Lost or something Lost. like that. But in any case, okay. Yeah, I think you know the concept of time travel, where you wake up in a different time or right. you go to sleep you're in a different time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been around for a long time. But in this one, somebody builds a machine to do that. Right, and so there's a have, discussion. You have like a, a catalyst. Well, not a catalyst, but you have a vehicle in which mm-hmm. that can can make that happen. Yeah, you know? and there's a whole discussion of like. <clears throat> if not the physics or the science of how it happens, just the idea mm-hmm. of treating time as a separate dimension, right. something you can travel in. Right. I imagine that must have just blown people's minds at the time. I wanted, this is before Einstein. I wanted you know? some space-time continuum talk. I wanted like, well, I can't meet myself in time because something would happen. Right. Never happened, but no. I was hoping. It got close. Yeah, got close. he talks about it because cause what I never understood, and I sort of got it more this time I read mm-hmm. it, was okay, so you're in this machine, yeah, and the machine travels, right? So why isn't the machine sitting in the room and everybody's bumping into it? But <laughs> right. the guy gives a really good metaphor, which is that it's like looking at a fan, mm-hmm. and if it's moving fast enough, you can't see it moving. Right. And I was like, okay, yeah, right. all right. So it's moving through time really fast; you can't see it. Yeah. I get it now, you know. Well, and, so, and in the movie, it spins around. I think if I, if uh, I, something like sounds, that, or maybe no, it's just the back. No, of it. The back other of it spins things. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's got the thing on again. the back. Yeah. Do you remember in Gremlins? When he's at the he's at the fair, the inventors' fair, 
and the one guy's got a time. He's like sitting in the time oh, machine the, from the movie. The time and then when it pans back, it's gone. Cause <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the competition's pretty stiff here. <laughs> like, I don't even remember that. That's there's a, a whole call. bunch of classic uh, a Robbie call. the Robots there. I remember in, uh, there was a show on called Phineas and Ferb for a while sure, yeah. on Disney. And yeah. they had a time machine. They found the time machine in the museum, like in a museum in town. Okay. And it was this time. It was the time machine from the movie. Sure. Yeah. It was the thing on to the back. To some extent, it's else. the classic time machine. The really DeLorean is. from Back to the Future, Yeah, I guess. So how would you describe that time machine from the 1960 movie? I, I would call it, I would say, kind of looked like a small sled with a uh-huh. big round, almost like a... Uh, what would you call it? like a roulette wheel type of thing on the on the very back? It looks um, like that um, would spin. The, uh, the the flying thing from Return to Oz. There's like a flying okay. carpet monster, and it looks a lot or like the thing from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks that they travel at right. like the bed that they travel on in right. time. Like right. a sla- no, sla- they don't go style, on time. Do Slay style bed or something. Can't like remember that. that movie very well, yeah. but something like that. Yeah, but then it has like a, a lever where you go side to side, and that right. takes you forward or back. Right. In right. the book, he's got multiple levers. It's two levers, yeah. There's and they're like turning based on whether it's days or weeks yeah. or whatever. And oh, no, those are, those are the dials. The dials, yeah, I guess yeah. that's true, yeah. He actually yeah. had one dial for millions of years. <laughs> I was <Right>. like, really? <laughs> yeah. And that one was spinning like crazy. Oh, okay. He goes forward millions of years, yeah. but he goes forward like 30 million years. Yeah. And a lot of that is showing the change in how people understood the geological timescales. I mean, 30, right. 30 million years, the sun's not going to be dead in 30 million years. Well, so. Yeah, it's interesting because that's sort of what everybody thought would happen was the sun would just burn out eventually. Right. You know? Right. And so he saw the sun, like, getting bigger as it was like a red and, giant type of thing. And the idea that, like, what would happen is it would expand – and like pull in the planets, and yeah. then the fire of the sun would burn hotter because it had gotten more fuel. And <laughs> right. like, again, right. not how no, it's not, not how the not sun works. works. It's a lot of missing information yeah. about uh, science there. You so, see some giant crabs and giant stuff crabs. Like that. I could be down with that. I, I, that that image stuck in my head. It's just the time scale is not enough. If you went yeah. forward two billion years, you might see something sure. like that. You know, well, the, what, a what, dying what he sun. saw was an evolution and de-evolution of man, right? I guess it's because, supposed to be man because there's no other creatures alive, right? They've killed off all the other animals. Or something, or man's gone, and that was that's what's left on the earth, right. these weird crustacean things. Yeah, but, I, I was wondering it's like, that. It's, I was like, wondering it's if that's... sort of like that's sort of where they thought everything started from, right? That they started from – I mean, Darwin was, was popular, obviously, and so we crept out of the water as crustaceans and eventually became men. Not only was Darwin – Darwin was a big deal, but Darwin's most famous <coughs> champion, Thomas Huxley, mm-hmm. was H.G. Wells' like advisor at oh, college. Interesting. So he okay. studied directly under Darwin. Yeah, he was a biology – yeah, he, start, he so, studied biology, yeah. Well, he's absolutely. very heavily influenced by that kind of Victorian-era right. evolutionary thinking, um, right. big part of it. So what are, what are we drinking tonight? Let's get into we it. We are drinking uh, the Time Traveler Cocktail. The Time Traveler Cocktail. Right. And who calls this the Time Traveler Cocktail? Uh, Schweppes. Schweppes, 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 Schweppes. Schweppes uh, soda water. Right. Uh, you know, I found it that there is like three. If you look up Time Traveler Cocktail, you'll find like three different uh, uh, cocktail recipes. I found the one that was most likely, I, that I can most likely make. It's okay. just, okay. it's gin, about an ounce of gin. It's going to be about an ounce and a half of passion fruit uh, pulp. Okay. And then about an ounce of... Uh, soda water and uh, and and orange juice. Um, they use blood orange juice. I don't have access to blood orange juice. I would never actually feed this to anybody, but I was oh. thinking something that would be appropriate for this book. 
would be um, when I moved into a house with my friends, mm-hmm. and this would have been in 1999, we all moved into a house together, and somebody had abandoned a bottle of Corona in mm-hmm. the pantry before we moved into the house. Okay. And, like, as a joke, we just left it there. We just had this bottle of Corona the whole time we lived in the house. The guys finally moved out three or four years later, and uh, apparently one of my roommates took the bottle of Corona with him. Uh, and as he moved around Northern Virginia to various different apartments, I'd come visit and I'd be like, you still have that bottle? And he'd be like, yep, there it is. I think he's still got that bottle. <laughs> thinking, that'd be like, the what happens to a Corona after being abandoned for 30 years would like remind me of my, the my, world of the so, Morlocks and the My evil. wife would have had me get rid of that. Yeah, so she wouldn't have let you get away with something like no, that? No, no. Well, I guess maybe, but it's kind of on me to find a place for it. Yeah, right? that's the thing. That's but, the thing. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're. That is what we are drinking today. We're using some. I've never had it before. This is New Mexico gin. So this is made supposedly made in uh, Albuquerque, but I can't. Doesn't seem to unscrew. So uh, interesting. Can we take a look at it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like turning. Yeah, just turns. I think we need to grip it in two different places, perhaps. There you go. There look go. at that. God, how do you get your hands so strong? What, what? <laughs> I have just, one of those little squeezy just, things. Just curious. Know, the, oh, is that what it is? Or the little um, uh, yin yang. I have one of those too. The metal, the metal yin yang balls that you spin around your hand, like yeah. Furious Styles and Boys, Boys in the Hood. So now you're putting in the guava juice. Yeah, I'm putting this Started off with a base of gin. Let me just shake this real quick. So what does this have to do with being a time traveler? Cocktail? No idea. Oh, bum, bummer. No idea. There's a lot of fruit in the world of the future that he travels to. That that sort of makes sense. I mean, if we're trying to justify it. He just kind of lives off fruit off the trees. I mean, unless you're a cannibal, that's the only thing there is to eat. Typically what, what they do with that drink like this, when they call it something like that, uh-huh. it's because that's how strong it is. Like it's a super strong drink and it'll send you back in time oh, or something okay. stupid like that. I can see through time. Right. <laughs> this one isn't isn't nearly that bad. So Right. Okay. I'm going to use. Depends on how you make it, man. Handy dandy. What is that? What's so handy? What is this? This is a Challenger coin. Challenger coin, like from the shuttle Challenger? No, no, no. Challenger coin is something they have typically in the military. There's okay. big coins, and it's usually like a, like for the unit or something like that, and and people trade them. Huh. Uh, this one happens to have a bottle opener on it, which is why I'm using. What it. is that Challenger coin from? This is from a bar in Honolulu called Smith's Union Bar. Okay. Smith's Union Bar is the oldest bar in Hawaii in the islands. Legally, it was open in 1934. It was probably open oh, during, during Prohibition. Prohibition. The oldest bar in Hawaii is is only from 1934, huh? Yeah, believe it or not. Huh. It actually turned out, I, I went there and, and uh, I um, checked it out for my book, Bucketless Bars, plug. Turned out that that was actually the bar that the crew of the USS Arizona frequented. Oh, okay. So somewhere over there by Pearl Harbor? So yeah, it's it's actually in Chinatown, downtown. If you know where Iolani where, uh, Palace is, in the yes, downtown area. Okay, so if you go do completely shuttered up when we were there, that whole yeah, area of town shame. was completely closed up, so we didn't get to so do anything. So due west of Iolani is Chinatown, and that's where this little bar is at. That's good. Tastes like I'm drinking guava juice. The gin is not really leaving much of an imprint on me. No, nope, um, it's not going to. And that's sort of what happens with these kind of drinks. Yeah, fruity. Alcohol. Maybe I'm getting a little <laughs> bit of that junipery mm. gin taste, like as an aftertaste, but mostly it's just the fruit drink. So that's, mm. I guess, what you want from your uh, well, from any mixed drink, really. How do you feel about uh, Haritos? That's good. You like that? Yeah. I think they use cane sugar. You can only get that at like special bodegas and things where I grew up. Really? I was aware of this drink, but it's not like here. It's just in sort of common circulation everywhere you go. Yeah. So uh, two first What's the flavor on? Is that tamarind or is it something else? Oh, it's supposed to be orange. Oh, mandarin. Mandarin, Okay. But it's uh, flavored with actual sugar instead of corn syrup. 
as all good Mexican sodas are. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, exactly. So there we go, the time traveler. Cheers. Yeah. Here's to the year 806,345 or whatever the heck it was. <laughs> he kept saying it. Or the way he kept writing it was just lame. It was 8,125. That was way, way in the future. Mm-hmm. If I if I had a time machine in front of me, yeah. don't you think you'd play around with it first before you went that far into the future? He sort of gets the he sort of gives the impression that the time traveler is like like being a little crazy when he does it. Like he gets a little manic. Well, he doesn't get manic. He doesn't want to stop. I think he know? gets carried away. Yeah, he gets carried yeah. away. He's, right. He like, just wants to keep oh keep going keep going. But the problem- I would be like, let's go ten minutes in the future and see what it, <laughs> see what happens. Did I did I you know morph into a wall or yeah. something? Or did, my, <laughs> did my innards explode? Right. Like yeah. I, I think I'd test it before I went. Oh, I don't know, a million years into the future. Pro- you know, one of the problems is something that I, I don't quite get is he's doing that and he's going faster and faster like he's he's increasing right. it faster to a point where he sees nothing all he sees is it's it's light dark light yeah, dark sort of, light yeah, dark exactly. light dark yeah. like that and you know what's the fun in that type of thing I don't right? know uh, in the movie if you I love it in the movie it's yeah, so cool it, 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 when I was a, walking fast and doing all kinds of stuff is built stuff is torn down you know it's all kinds of crazy stuff this, happening this wouldn't be my biggest surprise from this viewing mm-hmm. from this reading but like when I finally sat down and read the original book uh, I don't know, like in high school or college or something. I was surprised because I had always thought I thought H.G. Wells had predicted the first and second world wars uh-huh. and had written them into oh, the book in the that first place because they show up yeah. in the movie sure. and a nuclear war and things like that. Bombs like I was, I was always like blown. My mind yeah, was yeah. blown by that, you know. But uh, when I read the book, I was like, oh no, he didn't. Well, that that you're right because that did happen in the movie. It was yeah. a nuclear holocaust that. Right. that did everything. Which makes sense. It's actually it makes it's, perfect it's sense. It makes a, a little more sense than what he's writing. Actually, this is really smart. Okay, this is what makes it a timeless classic. Have you ever seen the movie Time Cop? Yes, I have actually. With, I don't with, remember uh, it very well. Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay, yeah. look up Time Cop on your on your handy dandy little computer there. Would you look up Time Cop? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and see sure. when it, see what year it was made. Oh, I'd say ninety four or so. Just, just see what that says. Time cop, nineteen ninety four. Okay. Boom. Now in one. Look at the plot and see what time they travel to, or like what it's. Well, they what, go to different times. What what year is it set in though? I remember. I remember the part where they went to the Civil War. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, two thousand four. Is that yeah? <laughs> two thousand four. Okay. I mean, even, ten even years. When you, ten even years when you wrote later. that movie, you must have known that's not far enough. Ten years later, yeah. right? So ten years later, we're going to have time machines. And do you remember how futuristic everything was? To, in ten years later, yeah, yeah, yeah two thousand four. Why would you think that I everything don't know. would be that different? But yeah. it does that. You know, if you think about that, like I think that happened all the time. Like so many. I remember, you know, in the forties or fifties, you know, sci-fi was set in like the year is nineteen ninety or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. The problem with that is the year reaches. Eventually, we're going to sure. get there. Well, there's a book called 1984. Right. Yeah. And uh, if none of that happens. Which was not really about technological change, though. No, it was so just, I guess it yeah. kind of makes sense yeah. that that didn't really happen. But, but uh, well, the, what supposedly the story is that he wrote it in 1948 and he just transversed the, uh, the numbers. That makes sense, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, was, that would always happen in sci fi of the 1900s, is they would put it like 50 years in advance, right? Right. Well, what happens when you get 50 years in advance and we look at that and we laugh at it? Nobody's yeah, wearing true. foil. We're not wearing Mylar or whatever it was, you know. We don't have jets in cars. He puts it <laughs> way out of reach, yeah. you know. People aren't going to be able to laugh at that until the year 8,000 and be like, what are you talking about? We don't have Eloy and Morlock. There's right? always a combination of getting a bunch of stuff right and, like, screwing other things up. Like, yeah, well. Usually people don't predict social change very mm-hmm. well. Like, you watch Star Trek, right? Like, the original Star Trek. It's supposed to be taking place, like, I think, like, 2200 or yeah, something like that, right? still fairly early. And, like. 
the women are still behaving like women from the 60s. Right. You know, well, all the, the hair, all the hairdos. Yeah, the hairdos. And also they're just kind of bimbos hanging out on the ship. Like <laughs> right. They don't have jobs. Like, right, right. I mean, Uhuru does. She's important. But, sure. like, there's other women that are just apparently on the ship to hook up with Captain Kirk. Absolutely. They just didn't think of that. Right. You know, they just it didn't occur to them. I, I used to play um, – there was a role-playing game that was supposed to take place in the future, and a big aspect of it was having the Matrix, which was like the internet. You know, you plug into the internet, and you can go on and, like, you know, experience things in virtual reality and stuff like that. It was a really cool idea. To some extent, the kind of this was in the 80s they wrote this game, so it was sort of seeing the internet ahead of time. But then they, they had to rewrite the thing in the in the 21st century because it had never occurred to them you might be able to use the internet wirelessly. So <laughs> right, they had to completely rewrite the right. setting, you know, to, to it. Well, in Neur- Neuromancer, William Gibson wrote that in like 81 or 82, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And it, they, he had kind of the internet and you could plug into it and they right. call it jacking and, into And Neuromancer, yeah. the, that version of the Matrix is what this role-playing okay, game is based, based on. on. Yeah, yeah okay. Cyberpunk and Shadowrun and a couple games like that. Sense, but but they, did, they just couldn't conceive of mm-hmm. Being able to get that much information, but you know, but like, like you said, in your hand, science you know? fiction is, is hit or miss because right. then again, Star Trek had the communicators, mm-hmm. right? The wireless communicator type. You basically thing, have right? like a little iPad. A lot of them have. Yeah, uh, they, have, they have tablets, iPhones and, that they're using. There's all kinds of right. stuff. So sometimes it happens, but in this case, I just thought, you know, if he'd got a hundred years ahead, we I don't think we would talk about this mo- this book anymore. Right. You know, if he'd said, right. you know, in 1995. Also, he is talking about like evolutionary change. Yeah. So you can't be 100 years in the future, which is actually kind of refreshing because if you think about it, 800,000 years, that's that's enough time for there to be change in a species. 8,000. No, it's 800,000. No, I thought it was 8,125. 800-something thousand because it's it's just long enough that it kind of is plausible. It's a little bit too much change, honestly. Mm -hmm. There's a big – this is way more difference than like Mm -hmm. if you see what – human beings were like 800,000 years before today. They were different. But like a Neanderthal is not as much different as like what the Eloi and the Morlocks are mm. like. I mean, they're like the Morlocks are like totally inhuman. They don't speak anymore. Do they have blue skin in the book? Or am I just uh, – that's they, in the film. And that's, yeah, they're white. They're just white hair is what Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're sort of like white apes. So maybe, maybe it's a little bit less yeah. – um, it kind of makes sense. But he was so – you know, I don't know. It, it, uh, I guess I guess it – Sort of. I didn't think it was eight hundred thousand. I thought he wrote it in a weird way, not like eighty one hundred twenty five or eight hundred thousand one hundred. Well, he didn't write it in like AD or anything, <clears throat> right? Well, eight hundred and two thousand seven hundred and one. Oh no, it does say AD. Eight hundred and two thousand. Eight hundred two thousand seven hundred one AD. Okay. You'd think when you get that far forward, you'd stop counting it, like <laughs> right. on BC right. and AD. That's just yeah. That would seem uh, more and more uh, random the farther the farther forward in the future. Such yeah. a large number. I don't know if you know if eighteen ninety five if you could even conceive of that. But I I sort of thought the Eloy were a bit odd. Okay. Yeah, that's. And then his yeah uh, having a relationship with a they were just like children. <laughs> Very they were small. Okay, they're small. So slight. That's a big question I have about right? the book. Does he have a relationship with Weena? I don't. Well, he does, obviously. He says but he goes back to her caresses at one point. And I was like, mm-hmm. does that, because at one point he's talking about how he just, she just kind of pets him. I'm like, yeah. is that a euphemism? Kisses for, him all over. Is that, stuff we, like that, you know, and he talks about how they're very free yeah. sexually, you know, they like, they're like liberated and, and just carefree like that. Right. And I was like, okay, so is that what's going on here? Because that's, I think, I think so. Because this creature is like four feet tall. It's like a yeah. hobbit. Four know? feet, four feet tall, but. Just kept saying childlike. I mean, there's a lot of that. Yeah. That. Uh, 
So he's got a lot of background, H.G. Wells, uh-huh. by the way, um, as being like a really famous, like, uh, what Pedophile. is the, the decadence movement? I don't uh-huh. know if he was officially like part of it, but all those guys like um, like Oscar Wilde and stuff mm. like that, like he was kind of one of those sort of guys. I okay. think he's actually a little bit after them for the most part. He was a little younger than they huh. were. Very famously like, you know, open marriage that he forced upon his wife and yeah. stuff like that, like all kinds of just um, debauchery going yeah. on in the guy's private life. Um, hedonism. So, hedonism, hedonism yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, which goes along with a lot of the sort of Victorian, what am I trying to say? Like like atheistic outlook. There's like, that hit a lot of people really hard. Like the loss of religion, I think, hit a lot of people really yeah, hard. I think, that was, I think that was definitely a sect because Victorians are also known to be very strict as well. I mean, I mean like the intelligentsia. There was another like, side yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, but I mean, there was like a... There was like a a movement then. Right? A movement yeah. among the artistic type people that like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, we. T- I think we talked about this before. Did the picture we have of the 60s where everybody's like a hippie and free love and stuff like that. Totally that untrue. doesn't yeah. represent 90% yeah. of the people that were around at the time. Right. That was a certain ex- swath of society, yeah. you know, but, uh, and I think that'd be the same for this. Yeah, I don't, probably it's so. kind of hard to say what, what was the reality because we, yeah. we didn't live there, but. Well, all I know is he, he kept referring to these, these, the Eloy as childlike mm-hmm. and he yeah. was being caressed by one of them. So yeah. Yeah. Very odd. Perhaps not, uh, <laughs> no, not great. Probably not, great. not. Not a good look. I think. I think if we had more, if we if we read about H. G. Wells' private life, mm-hmm. I think we'd be having like a Bill Cosby type conversation about H. G. Wells. Well, there's because there's, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that would not be okay. I think right. with a lot of people today, um, maybe not as bad as what we talked about in the last episode, but still. And he was a communist, socialist, socialist, yeah, yeah. socialist, and I think probably pretty much of a communist, you know, as well, but. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a difference. Yeah, there is a bit of a difference. There is a bit of a difference. But this this world that he creates mm-hmm. is an outgrowth of what he thinks will happen. Right. Well, the labor. No, it's not because of well, communism, it's, is it's, it? Uh, That's what he thinks at first when he meets the Eloy. He's just like, oh, everybody just has all their needs met and mm-hmm. everybody's equal. So it's de- degenerated. But well, then he realizes that, no, what happened was. They oppressed this other class of right. laborers, and the laborers right. eventually evolved into cannibalistic. Well, I think it was it was into Mar- Marxism, you know? right? I mean, because he had the yeah, the, but Marxism that never the proletariat that was was but, the but but that there never was a revolution, right? That that's just the capitalistic mode just won out, and the division of society right. into these classes lasted for thousands but of years. It, am I correct in saying the Morlocks? So the Morlocks are underground. Mm-hmm. They're the ones dealing with machines. Right. They actually do stuff. The right. Eloy are up top are on the surface world. Mm-hmm. They live carefree, eat fruit, do whatever, never never work, right. don't do anything. So is it my understanding that the Morlocks still do things for them? Yeah. So they're still but making their says, clothes? So they're he, still he, had, stuff, right? he even admits like within the character that he's not sure about any of this, but yeah. he's theorizing. For instance, they have sandals that yeah. are made that have been manufactured. Right. And he says that he thinks probably the Morlocks just do it out of instinct. Yeah. They just continue to create these things and they don't know why. Right. I don't. But he also says, I don't know. I might just be making that up because right. it's not like he went down and studied them in any detail. So they must be doing something. Well, and he, hear, he hears machines. Ma- he hears machinery. Yeah, the machines yeah. are all running and, and things like that. I don't know what the machines are doing per se. I don't know, but he talks about, you know, they always have new new robes, you know, new identical right, robes right, and stuff like right. that. So it could has be, to be made somewhere. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, maybe it's just they're just kind of um, ritualistic. Like they just operate these machines because that's what they always did. And maybe, just, I don't know. You know, they don't ask any questions about why they're doing it anymore. Yeah. 
He doesn't really get into the backstory. Yeah, it's all speculative. It's all speculative. Yeah. Even within the story, it's speculative. Sure. So um, that's kind of cool. I like the bit with the museum. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was interesting. That's in the movie, but it's different. He yeah, finds like so a record. A ring. It's a ring. So, yeah. so he yeah, spins yeah, yeah, a yeah, ring. Yeah, right, and, then, right, right. and it's like a vocal history of what happened. And uh-huh. that's when he talks about the Holocaust. Or not the Holocaust. The apocalypse. And, right. And all the, everybody drops a bomb and stuff. No, the 1960 version was very much like anti-nuclear war type of stuff, right? Fair enough. Which is sort yeah. of what you got in the yeah. 1960s. But this one's, you know, he, uh, they speculate that he is talking directly about the, the classes, the class separation um, mm-hmm. in the world. Right. And how it's unsustainable. So the Morlocks are the lower class, and it's, you know, figuratively and literally because they are under the ground, you know. Right. And uh, those that live in the sunshine are the upper classes. And the it's unsustainable because, you know, of what, what is happening. I mean, the Eloi have no skills. Yeah. They cannot watch after themselves. I mean, so he saves this one named Weena. Right. Uh, that's who's caressing him a little bit later. Right. Um, because she just kind of drifts away in a river. Can't Everybody do, just watches. Everybody it. just yeah. watches. So he jumps in and saves her. Uh, otherwise, she would just, you know, died. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have no skills. They can't do anything for themselves. They get up. They eat. They sleep together. I mean, literally sleep, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Euphemistically, I get it. They, don't, so have, they, they don't really have much in the way of genders. Like they not, do. Not really. Yeah, not they really. Do, they do, but there are no gender roles. Yeah. Right. Um, and the and the and because of that, he's saying that it looks like their bodies have sort of come all into right. one. It's, I thought that was interesting. I was thinking like that's kind of I think what's sort of happening in our society today, right? Like we sort of have a little bit of like we don't really need the division of genders the way that we did a thousand years ago. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't really need like big, well, big burly people. We don't and, we don't really have manual a lot of manual labor. We don't do as much manual you know? labor. Yeah, exactly. So farming you could, farming is automated. You know, right. things like that. All those. Most of the jobs that we would have taken big burly men to do is being done by machines yeah. now, you know. And you also don't – you don't have – not a lot of households are, are set up so that, like, the woman stays at home and takes care of the kids right. and the man goes off to work. We right. just don't – I mean, some people still do that. But yeah. usually the less you're involved in the manual labor, the less that's what your household is right. going to be like. Yeah. Um, so the, some of that is kind of interesting. I was thinking that's kind of – you could see that being right. where evolution would go, yeah. like if that's what we have. Like, why would we need to have specialized males? Right. I think honestly, having great big males around is kind of dangerous for society. It'd probably be better if we just <laughs> everybody was kind smaller. of dangerous for society. Yeah, I mean, crimes are ninety percent committed by men, right? By big men. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm you, saying you, versus women, having okay. having men that are we have a little bit of sexual dimorphism where men are slightly bigger and stronger than women. Uh-huh. And that gender is the one that commits most of the crimes, unless you really need that. So in men, your society. Men, men should be small, supple little things. I could see why evolution will put us that way. Is what I'm saying. I could see why it would well, be detrimental to be. I, I would say. I would you know, say that you know not all countries are the United States. No, not yet. And not, not yet. And yeah. and we've got a long ways to go before, you know, those in Botswana have it as easy as we do, and and don't yeah. have to be yeah. big burly people. I yeah. always think, though, in terms of uh, in terms of the equalizing of what life is like in different countries, we're yeah. talking a, a century or two, not not millennia. You know, I, I think I think by twenty two, twenty three hundred, I don't think there'll be that much of a difference. Yeah. In, I mean, we could hope. Yeah, I mean, that's what I that's what you hope exactly. Yeah. So that's not that funny or anything, though. That's just more serious. <laughs> that's really pontificating. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think bloviating. Bloviating? No, I'm dead <laughs> serious. I'm not bloviating. I'm just I'm not just using up. Uh, Space on here. Okay. Uh, filibustering? 
Yeah. So now, Weena's supposed to be super passive. Okay. But she kind of goes after him a couple of times. Like when he, he kind of tries to go down the tunnel to go see the Morlocks and she's like pulling at him and hitting him and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, where does that come from all of a sudden? It's like the only thing that she cares enough about to actually be active about is this taboo about the Morlocks, I guess. I think so. Like just stay away yeah. from them. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think the Morlocks are, are these dreadful, terrible things, creatures that, that, that haunt them. And actually, you know what? I, I, did you ever see uh, the movie I Am Legend? Yes. It really reminded me of that. You know how they always, all the zombies stayed in the dark, right? right? Never right, came right, out. Right. Yeah. So don't go in the dark. And they, they were watching them from the dark. Everything really reminded me of this a lot. I wonder how much influence this had on, on that kind of genre. It could have. There's the Peter Matheson book that that's based on. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of the author, which was better than the mm-hmm. movie. Mostly the movie was not good because the CGI was dreadful. CGI was terrible. Uh, it was kind of a cool idea. I kind of enjoyed yeah. the movie otherwise, but the CGI was really But bad. just the concept where they're living in the shadows during yeah. the day, um, and they're but they're watching you at the same time. And uh, I mean, because they were— Maybe. I think that idea that there are dreadful things out there in the darkness mm-hmm. is a super deep human fear. Yeah, I think, I, mean. I think like, I think there like, is, but, but like just we like fear of the night. But you know? just like the time machine, you know, time travel has been around. It took him to to add it to a machine. I think the idea of, of putting a face on that on that dread. Yeah, he he sort of sure. did that. I mean, there's sure. things there are things lurking in the darkness in this in the this night book. Is dark and you know? full of terrors. Yes, right. But there are specific things that will come out and get you and grab you. Not only that, but they're watching you. They know where you are. And the fact that his his time machine was taken during the day, mm-hmm. right? He goes back. It was, to it. wasn't it? Yeah. It was, so the Morlocks back. snuck out and took the snuck machine. Snuck out and took it. Right. That's weird. It is weird. When, I didn't think about that. Violated their own principles. I mean, I guess it would be some. It would be. But see, that shows you that the Morlocks really are very different than the Eloy. They're thinking more. Yeah. Like they trap him. Well, they plan to. Tra- yeah, they plan to. They try they to trap him. him uh-huh. You know, they go out and they take the machine. Yeah. They sort of take it apart and exploit. So they're. You know, they seem to have retained their intelligence to oh, some degree. Oh, they oiled degree. it. I forgot about that. Yeah, because they, yeah. they, they're into machines. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. that's right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. He took away a piece. Yeah, he took away the levers. The lever. Yeah. So, so they, they couldn't, couldn't, couldn't use, use it. it. But they, they apparently oiled it mm-hmm. and, like, stuff like that. Do I remember so, this right? In the film, does he, like, kill a Morlock and then, like, use the time machine and, like, watch the Morlock's body decay, like, in front of him? I don't remember that part. I thought I was trying to remember whether it's that's something... Wouldn't surprise me. That would make sense. Yeah, I could see why it would. Yeah, but I, I, I can't remember if that actually happens. So he goes way into the future after yeah. all the events. Yeah, that's like millions of years. We don't know. That's like 30 million yeah. years or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's weird. When I, w- Did you ever um, watch the show Cosmos or read the book Cosmos, the Carl Sagan thing? I've watched. That was the PBS thing that he yeah. had, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I, when I, we were I, little kids. Yeah, I'd okay, watch yeah. it, yeah. So my dad had the book for it, and I used to flip through looking at the pictures like before I could mm-hmm. read. And there was this one picture of, like, the dying earth with mm. the sun, like, fading in the distance. <laughs> right, right. And it creeped me out so yeah. much. And it kind of reminded me of the time machine and stuff like that. And I remember, like, if I was ever out when I was a little kid and the sun was kind of behind some clouds or hazy, I was yeah. like, is this it? Is that, like, right. is the sun dying? You know, like, well, it always looked like I, – I, I remember the picture. I know the picture you're talking about because it's, like, kind of a sunset type of thing. Uh-huh, yeah. And everything looks like this primordial – like kind of everything's rotting. Yeah, and just it looks like, like the image from the yeah, time machine from right. the book, I think. Yeah. I think it might sort of be drawn on that. I don't know. I mean, it, I think so. But yeah, so you know the yeah. one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. It was just, yeah. just, I thought that was so creepy yeah. when I was a little kid. I don't know why. I don't know why that really stuck in my head. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying is like they, they thought that the end would be like the beginning. So the beginning, they use that same picture to show the beginning 
of yeah. everything as well, like the primordial mist right, and the right, right. swamp and everything else. It looks exactly like the end of times too. So what do you think? So I was wondering this. So he's telling all this stuff and it's sort of like a little bit about his political beliefs, the socialist beliefs and things like that. So what is the point of this future that he's talking about? What's he, what's he trying to get us to do? Is he trying to get us to change what the future might be? Or is this just a fantasy? I think, I think it, it, I think the class system is, is really what he's talking about here. It seems to be what he's talking about here. And I think it's um, the dangers of the class system. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's saying, you know, get rid of it. Uh, but I, I think he's saying that we need to remedy it because it's, it will lead to not this. I think it's you know, being hyperbolic to say it is, but, mm-hmm. but I think it, it was meant to, as a warning for, you know, just classism. Right. Yeah. And so you had, which is really interesting because he was part of this genteel, really upper class. And he's living in a time when class division was huge, but he was benefiting from being on the top and not the bottom. Although, well, he, he, grew, was, although he grew up he in the bottom. He didn't grow up super. Yeah. yeah he grew up he, in the bottom. He, he sort of rose up showing a little bit of class mobility, weirdly enough, which wouldn't have been the, I think somebody right. like discovered him, if I remember the story right. Right. So he could get, so he ended up at, Either Oxford or Cambridge. I don't remember which one, but there couldn't have been that many slots at Oxford and Cambridge if right. you think about it. So how many people actually had the opportunity? Right. Like we're, today we have many, many good universities in America. Like you, it's yeah. definitely a lot more opportunity. It's not like you can only go somewhere in life if you went to Harvard or Yale. Right. Right. You know. No, yeah, you're that, right. That's you're nice. Right. But, that I, helps, but I mean, he, but. he, you're right. Now that's that's a that's an excellent point. There's social mobility that he benefited from, yet he. Uh, was kind of warning about the dangers, but I think I think though at his time I think class you know the the gap between lower and upper class back then was so much more profound. Oh yes, you know, and always um, was in England, by the way. Right, class is even today they try to pretend that it's not the case, but it's way more rigid there. Yeah, it's like if you ever make a comment about somebody's accent mm-hmm. in the United Kingdom. People will look at you like you just talked about race. It's like what pe- the way people talk about race in America. It's like you don't talk about it because you're like branding somebody right. as right. lower class by having not the right accent. Right. To me, that's like maybe we're a little bit like that about southern accents, yeah. I guess. But yeah, it's – I don't know. I just think they're a lot, they were a lot more rigid. Like, right. I mean, actually official titles and yeah. people could have different – they had different legal rights based on right. what their but you know, it, it, class it's, was. You know, like Dickens – when Dickens in um, Christmas Carol, in fact – Oliver Twist. So you have like these people that live in utter poverty. It's like mm-hmm. below poverty. We couldn't even imagine today. You know, we talk about right. people right. living in poverty in the U.S. And they've got cell phones and they've got cars and they've got yeah. stuff like that. Then it was like you're looking for s- scraps in, in trash. You right. know, regularly right. you're eating rats if you eat anything at all. I mean, it was just – it was terrible poverty. But then you had this other class, the the uh, the wealthy were – immensely wealthy, right? They had multiple homes and yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just, uh, so the gap was just so profound. I think we have this perception in America that there's this gigantic gap between uh-huh. the rich and the poor because yeah. in some sense, when you measure it in certain ways, that's very true. Mm-hmm. But it's also true that almost anybody living today is so much wealthier God, yes. materially yeah. than anybody would have been like a hundred years ago. Well, and also comparatively to the rest of the world. And, I mean, well, and compared to the rest yeah. of the world. But like I said, probably less so than it was. You know, we yeah. have less and less abject poverty around the planet today mm-hmm. than we did. You know, I mean, it's... Well, that, yeah, that's, cer- no, that's certainly true. But 
even still, I think um, America's poorest are probably doing much better than people in Cal. You know, people on the street in Calcutta. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. But we, uh, we don't have that kind of poverty right, here. Yeah, I mean, and and so um, yeah, you're right. You know, they always talk about this wealth gap. Like, you're right. I don't make a hundred billion a year like like Elon Musk. So my mm-hmm. the gap between his salary and my salary is huge. It's technically huge. But, but I'm always but I'm always but I'm doing really well. But does that matter? You know? Yeah, it doesn't does really gap matter? matter if you have everything yeah, you need. That's like, exactly right. Like, I get it. I can right. see why you might be jealous, but I don't really know yeah. that. I'm all that incensed to do something about the gap. That's right. I think it'll, it What's would it, hurt it would only matter if if I was being held down by right. it. Right. Right. I don't really think I am. You know, by his know. his wealth doesn't affect me. Only if you think the alternative is to take his wealth and give it to you, which is right. theoretically possible. But that's true every time someone with more money in their pocket walks by you on the street, you can knock them over the head and right. take their money. Right. They're not taking anything that, from you. Yeah. Because, yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I have trouble with that. Uh, that whole paradigm, I, right. I, I can't really get into that. Um, yeah, well, classism. I think a, I think the important thing is to create so much wealth in a society mm-hmm. that just the in absolute terms, everybody's right. so much better off than than they once were. Right. And I don't think it matters whether one guy's got. And it's also it's also a view of wealth as being finite. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And which and is which is clearly well, not true. Right. It's I mean, only say, so, well, only someone who's. You Musk know, has so much money. The there's not ages. enough for me. No, right. that's not true. Right. Musk has so much money, and there is plenty for you. Just go get it. You know, yeah. type of thing. And and his, he's an example. I mean, he he moved from I think his mom was like a house cleaner, you know, and and, and know stuff like story. that until you know, and, and so he moved up to become you know one of the most famous influential. He was an immigrant, authors. right? Was he? I don't think he was. Either his parents, his parents were at least. I think I can't remember what maybe his story was. Maybe but I don't know. I don't know. To me, immigrants are always the proof that you can come to America and, and yeah. you can do whatever the heck yeah. you want. Because I've known so many immigrants. You're married to one. I'm married to one who's done <laughs> yeah. very well right. for herself. Right. And by the sweat of her own brow, nobody yeah. nobody right. did that for her. And Elon Musk didn't stop her from doing sure. it either. Sure. So I don't know. And it, it, she's not the only example. I mean, I know right. dozens of people in my life who say that who show that that's wrong. And right. you can't do that in a lot of other places. It'd be, that'd be immigrants go to Europe and they flounder. You know, they don't do well. Right, they're not they're not really accepted in society. There's it's harder to go from nothing to getting somewhere in life. Yes, if you show up and you fail, you'll have health care and some things yeah. like that. You know, the, the people that are failing do right. better. But is that really the way you want to design your system right. to, to be for the people that aren't? <laughs> you know, like yeah. the people that are failing. That that's what the system's for. I mean, I guess. No, I, I totally concur. Yeah, I like that. You know, there was always that theory that um, a friend of mine talked about a. A friend of his, who was uh, who had immigrated there from like India or something like that, and uh, and he would always brag because he had like three jobs. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a great thing. I've got three jobs here. Yeah, you know, he's doing so well, and it's not you know none of them were. I mean because he 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 didn't graduate from college. He doesn't really have any technical expertise. He had like you know he was like a cashier here, but he had three opportunities. It was making good money at each of them. So his spare time, and so his family was doing fantastic. His right. kids were going to college, stuff like that. So he he had opportunity here, you know, right. which we you know we we just don't think about that very much. But okay, move past that. Yeah, let's say we have a time machine. Where would you go? You got one trip. Oh well, do I have to be practical about this and only go ten minutes in the future to make sure my innards don't freeze or, or <laughs> no. boil? Okay. No, we've tested it. Let's it assume works. it works. We um, sent uh, we sent my dog into the future. 
came back. I've always, I've always been kind of prone to being interested in like the deep past and like see what the world was like, mm-hmm. you know, like in the Mesozoic or something yeah. like that. Like just, I don't be dangerous, obviously. But um, I think I'd kind of lean towards that sort of thing. I don't know. Mesozoic? So, yeah, there'd be a million different things you want to see, though. I know. I don't know. That's a, it's tough. I mean, do I want to see the future? I don't know if I want to see the future. Well, if it was this time machine, you would see everything happen, right? Because right. like everything happens before. Right, 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 right. So that could be a way to cheat. Yeah, that's true. Unlike the DeLorean where you're just from here to there. Mm-hmm. The way that – so time travel is not obviously – we don't really know whether it's possible, like in terms of getting the energy to do it, but theoretically it's theoretically possible. Theoretically it is, yeah. And it would be but the energy is like is, the Back to the Future thing. It would yeah, be yeah. instantaneous travel. Right. It would not be changing your speed. Yeah, through, thing, right? uh, it, although the, I could see why H.G. Wells thought of it that way. Yeah. Just changing the speed with which you pass through time. Right. He doesn't really do the direction. Well, no, he comes back. Yeah, he does come back. So I guess he, he is capable of going in the past, but he doesn't go in the past as no. far as we know. We don't, we don't know where he ends up. Yeah, that was an interesting ending. In the movie, yeah, he goes back to the Eloy to help them. Uh-huh. He brings a bunch of books to go help the Eloy. Well, <laughs> in the movie, the Eloy were not four feet tall. And, right. You know, very Eloy, childlike and everything. The Eloy are pretty hopeless in the, in the book. It really yeah. not. But know, in, the, in the movie, it was kind of like Planet of the Apes type of thing where you had this species of humans. Right. But they were all hot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the girl the, from Planet. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I've never right, seen the original so. Planet of the Apes, and I watched it. You're like, this is a 1960 oh movie. Yeah, I was like, yeah, right. that's one of the prettiest women I've ever seen right. in my entire life. So what is going on here? Well, like, the Eloy in the in the Time Machine movie, the same thing. They're all normal looking yeah. people, but they're all yeah. pathetic. Yeah, and, they're just and right. the, and Weena is very very attractive. Not like the girl from Planet of the Apes. Oh, she was That might be one of the best looking women I've ever seen <laughs> in any movie ever. She was particularly special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. Um, Let's do another round of drinks, by the way. Get your hands off me, you filthy apes. What a great... Did you ever see one of my favorite Simpsons when, was when they did the musical? Yeah. <laughs> the Apes and I hate every I ate every stinking ape from chimpanzee <laughs> to chimpanzee. He can talk. He can talk. He can talk. I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> Alex has been watching The Simpsons. Has he? He's like going through all of them. It's hilarious. Yeah, like he just Ainsley's, loves it. Ainsley got into them too. Ainsley got into The Office first. That's a good show. All the Office. That's a good show. And uh, got into to, uh, <laughs> Simpsons. It's so funny because there's so many jokes that they don't get. Well, she doesn't get because they were made for people who grew up in the 70s and sure. 80s or earlier. Yeah, the Eloy. So in the movie, he goes back in time. He, he comes back. He tells all his friends everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And he gets a bunch of supplies right? and, like, goes back into the future to, like, lead a revolution. He takes, like, books. He takes, and, like, books. The, the movie ends with the yeah. guy being like, what book would you take? Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I don't yeah. know. Right? And so this one is different. He just leaves and you don't know what happened to him. But you're assuming Weena – sorry, spoiler alert. Weena bit the big one. Yeah. That's the worst part of the book. Yeah. Why does that happen? It doesn't do anything for the book. No, it doesn't speed anything along. No. I guess I guess he had to have an excuse to leave and not go back or something. I don't know. I don't like, know. I thought that was very he strange. He couldn't leave with her there, I guess. That's probably what it was. Like He couldn't just leave and leave her there. Now he had no reason to stay. I guess, yeah. You know, if you think about it. I guess so. I thought that was very – I thought that part just was terrible. And by the way, in general, uh, who's the other author that's like this that we talked about? Who has great ideas, but the writing is pretty mediocre. Oh, like, it's, it was uh, Fahrenheit uh, for Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. Right, Ray Bradbury. Yeah. I think H.G. Wells is very similar. 
in this book. Now I now I read The Invisible Man a long time ago. I think that one pops a lot better. That's, yeah. a, that's better written. I don't think he was anywhere near as bad as Bradbury. Bradbury. This is pretty at least, wooden. At if, least if you read the prose of at people least he from says, the Victorian like era. the word the sun instead of the great well, yeah, okay. red disc. Yeah, the purple prose is obnoxious. Oh, but, God. but if you read the way people wrote uh-huh. in the Victorian era. I mean, there are just some terrific, just masters of prose in that era. Like probably some of the best English prose that's ever existed. And this is just like not. <laughs> what's even happening? The story's so yeah. blah. This is no. This is very yeah. It's it's. He referred to this as an undergraduate effort by him. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Okay, right. at least you have the wherewithal it's to not admit fleshed that. Out. You, know? you know, that's that's. But your writing gets better the more you do, right? Sure. Because he sure. wrote this young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah while definitely. he was young. Yep. I wonder if uh, War of the Worlds would hold up. Like, I've read that before, but I don't remember it terribly well. Yeah. So I kind of like to read that one again. That's a cool story. I that like is. That I think he invented the laser in that one, if I remember, because he had, like, the light beams. The heat ray. The heat ray. It's yeah, not, it, it, it couldn't have possibly been a laser. I mean, that wouldn't have. I don't well, he didn't say laser, yeah. obviously, but but it's uh, some type of Something like that, beam, yeah. 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 Well, because uh, what's-his-face used to use it in ancient Rome. Archimedes mm. built a heat ray. To shoot the Roman ships with it, oh, and stuff yeah. Like that. So, I, mean, that was the, the I think the idea was out there. Anyway. Yeah. Who knows no, if that was true. real? But the that's idea a, was out there. It's a good point. You know what I was thinking? So the Eloir being, I guess you call it like almost like preyed upon by the Morlocks, or they're almost like well, cattle well, or something. That's, you know? See, that's how I thought of it too. But wouldn't that put selection pressures back on them to stop being so docile and so passive? Yeah, it, it seems like, like if it would. they stood up for themselves, wouldn't they thrive a lot more? You know, well, like. I don't know because it, and maybe that's one of the points as well. I mean, they have everything they could ask for, so they don't they don't bother resisting or fighting back. They're so docile. As long as we just keep giving them what they want, they'll be as docile as we want, want them to be, and then we can come at night and kill them, you know, and and yeah, and take them back and eat them. Right? Well, but but I mean, wouldn't you think evolution would sort of, if somebody was born who didn't want to be eaten and took measures right. not to be eaten, wouldn't they thrive? Like, wouldn't there be a lot more of them in the population pretty quickly? Well, like, we don't know what's going on in the rest of the world, though, do we? It's true. You it's know? true. We um, don't. This is just England. Yeah. England of the future. Well, only part of it, too. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, we're yeah. sort of assuming that the same situation holds everywhere, everywhere on Earth. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think of that. There could be just a normal technological society in North America. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who knows? Walks over the hill and everything's, everything's where, exactly where it was. Oh, there's London. Oh, look Ooh, at that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do, do you know what's going on over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, why those... would there be just one situation all over <laughs> right. the earth? I don't know why I didn't think of that till just now. But, you know, the cattle thing, that's sort of what I had thought of as well. Like, so if you think about the, Mor- the Morlocks, they clothe them, right? Mm-hmm. They gather their food as far as we know. Uh, it was gathered from somewhere, and they didn't do it themselves. No, you just pick it off the trees, don't you? No, they, remember the they had remember they had all the the bowls in the of movie, fruit in the movie. They no, did, no, no. Yeah. He, he goes to the table. Okay, and they had all that fruit, uh, all these like baskets of fruit and stuff. Oh, maybe then yeah, they maybe didn't they get just... do anything themselves. So right. they had they had their own, you know the, their clothed uh, their food supplies. It was just I like, mean they might just be like cows. it was just they like cows. Just, they may yeah. just not be capable. of Yeah, thinking they're just like cows, and they're just wandering around happy. You know, but can't do anything for themselves. But they are afraid. Well, cows are afraid too. You know, are they? So I cows think so. cows don't figure out they're being eaten. I think if you chase a cow, it'll run. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? I mean, but the cows aren't like walking around being like, "Oh, at night, some of us get taken away and eaten." Like they don't I, have any awareness of that. When there were wolves, I think so. Yeah. I yeah, think, with animal you know. with, with wolves that right. kill them in front of them. 
Yeah, but the well, way humans, I'm saying, when humans take off some of the cattle somewhere to slaughter them, I don't think the cows pick up on that. They probably don't. But maybe they remember. But, but then again, I, I guess I guess that gone. makes these people. That's what makes them, them human, human. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they're like a little bit different than they do have some kind of memory. But I, mean, I think I think they are analogous, and I, I think now, they also have speech. They I think do he, have language. Yeah, they do have language. That's I think true. he's using it as a metaphor, though. I mean, they're they're yeah. like. If you're rich and you're given everything that you need or want. You yeah, know. he has a sentence in here. He says, this is the fate of energy and security, art and eroticism, then languor and decay. And it was like I was thinking, like, that's doesn't that kind of feel like where we are right. as a society today? Right. Like, I hate to be like, you know, the fall of Rome, like a lot of people are. But right. it's like it's like decadence. It's like you have so much. You're starting to worry about things that you're like, is this really let's, worth Let's spend all about, day, you know? all day playing video games. Right. Get on our right. phone, cruise social media. When we get hungry, uh-huh. we'll call. Uh, well, actually, we'll use our app to get Grubhub right. to deliver <laughs> we us. We don't even have to go get to the deliver food. us food. Yes, or right? prepare the food. Prepare or, food. Yeah. Uh, we'll have Amazon ship us whatever we need. Mm-hmm. You know, just on and on and on. I mean, it really is does sort of seem like that. You I mean, definitely could live your life in a very decadent fashion. Well, and I think, and I, I don't mean like decadent like in a fun sense. <laughs> I mean decadent just laying there on a couch and having everything delivered. Well, we to you. we live in a fairly rural town. We right? do, yeah. Um, but the place that you'll be moving to, right? I mean, you've got same day delivery from Amazon. Right. You've got grocery delivery from Amazon. Now, one thing I will on, say on, for on, living on. there, though, is if uh-huh. you don't get up off your ass and do something, you're not going to last long, very long there because it's extremely expensive to live there. It's expensive, but you can work from home. You could work you from know, if you can work from and, home. Yes, and, that's true. Yeah. I, I just you know there's not a lot of effort that you really have to put out. Is that a good thing? It's funny though because people walk so much in New York. People they are do. actually pretty active. When they go places. It's the suburbs. Here here in the country, yeah. you're active because you can get out in the outdoors. Right. Right. And in the city, you walk around all over the place. It's the suburbs where you drive everywhere and you yeah. have everything delivered. You go to the supermarket. Like right. That's where people get really um, soft in the middle. Yeah. You know? Maybe. Maybe so. I think. Oops, I'm crunching ice on there. That's probably not a great thing <laughs> to do. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I think I kind of hit all my spots here. Well, what's your biggest surprise? My biggest surprise was the physical changes in the Eloy. I didn't remember that from the book because, like you said, in the movie, they're just kind of normal sun children. Sure. You know, they're just yeah. all blonde and happy and whatever, but they're human. Yeah. Whereas he's like, this creature was four feet tall. I'm like, okay, already right there. <laughs> that's weird that you're into this <laughs> right. girl. Like, right. <laughs> that's, you know, like, that's not, what is that all about? That's like, like what, an 11 year old. I mean, seriously, 11 or 12 year old. I mean, it's not, she's not a child, but like, at the same time, it's just like, that's somebody who's very different. That's like another species if mm-hmm. they're that small. Like, that's, that's not, you know. They seem delvish. Like, they're, they have yeah. like, you know, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're pointy they, they, and, he described them being a little bit different. I couldn't quite get my head around yeah. what he meant, like, exactly. Picture what he, but they were described as being like, pixie ish or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like elves that. or something. Yeah. Like, elves. Not J.R. Tolkien elves. Yeah, yeah. But, but my son has this friend who, I don't know, he hit this growth spurt, right? Mm. This kid is six months older than Alex. And mm. they were playing ping pong together yesterday. This kid is my height. Oh, geez. And Alex is like not five feet tall. <laughs> it looks like a hobbit and an elf hanging out <laughs> playing ping pong together. I was like, what oh. is going on here? <laughs> Poor kid. Yeah, that, that was my biggest surprise was that, that, that the Eloy are not just people yeah. in the future. I always, in the film... The Eloy are just the humans, and the Morlocks are some kind of horrible yeah. evolutionary thing. But in in the in the book, everybody's very different. Right, they've all changed than what you'd have today. So that that would be my biggest surprise. Mine would probably be the, um, I guess, the messaging, the metaphor of you know class issues, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, 
I mean, it had some it had some pretty deep sentiments, like that line that you just read. It was, and a lot of it, you know, could be like you said, um, related to the life we live live today. I mean, it's very decadent. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think those that compared idea compared to thirty years ago, like you know? that idea, like Gibbon's decline and fall, right? Like ever since that book, yeah. there was always this idea, especially in England, yeah. that like, oh, this is it. We're on the we're on the cusp right. of decay. You know, and there's so many there's so many factors that you know there you know, and I don't know if it's a good like. I'll take your car for example. Okay. Remember my what, car specifically, or like cars? any of our cars, okay. cars, modern cars. Right. Do you remember being a kid? going outside when it was cold and you had a lot of snow growing up in, in Virginia and the car wouldn't start, you know, and sometimes you'd wonder if the car would start. Right. And your mom or dad would have to fiddle around with the battery or the starter, pour water on this or that. Something yeah. was, you know, frozen or whatever. That was just a fact of life. Okay. That doesn't happen anymore. Cars always start. You know, they do. Modern yeah. cars are, are pretty infallible. Yeah. And, unless um, something's really wrong. Yeah. Unless something's wrong, really yeah. wrong, but then a light comes on and you press a button and a tow truck comes you know, right. and, and, and fixes it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, uh, it's just that we have, we have removed so much of difficulty from our lives mm-hmm. in everything we do. Mm-hmm. You so, know? Do you remember those commercials for Staples where they, I think it's Staples, but they just had a big the, red the button. Easy button. Hit the easy button. Yeah. Hit the easy button. The, the, possessing a cell phone with access to the internet yeah. in your pocket all the time. We, we don't even remember how that's just hitting the easy yeah. button on everything in For life. Sure. Absolutely. It causes some societal problems, I think. And we're just sort of starting to see what those problems right. are. But in general, if I compare what it was like when I was 10 <laughs> right. and I think about what it's like now right. and the things I can do, I'm just finding my way places. But it wasn't like bad that. at 10, though. That's what no, I'm saying. No, but mean, you're a kid. Bad, your, kid you know? your childhood is always idyllic. Yeah, you know? maybe. But life is easier. I mean, if you – Sure. No, absolutely If you is. use yeah. the technology and you don't let the technology use you, right. it's just a good thing. You know, but as a, as a society, though, you know, we, we've eliminated so much difficulty from our lives. And I, I think – I think he was talking about it in a class system. Like this is what, you know, right. rich people are, are like this and that's not a good thing. Right. But then again, poor people are like this and that's not a good thing. So we've got to meet somewhere in the middle. I think there's some messages in there that we could, we could still take today. And that was my surprise because I just thought it was a, you know, just a, a fun sci-fi yeah. book. But of course there has to be a message in it. And that's, yeah, probably, kinda, that's probably why it lasts so long. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by the tie-in to like his own politics and stuff like that. That that hit me a little more reading it this time than it mm-hmm. had in the past. So we're at that time. Are we? So it's okay. up to you. Uh, well, I mean, this is a classic. All I, right. I'm not even going to waste my time. I mean, <laughs> I love the film. I've uh-huh. always liked the book. I read this book to my son mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Yeah. I, 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 an abridged children's illustrated version, mm-hmm. but still, we, we went through this, and he was fascinated, and we talked about it. I think it, it was so. one of those American classic comic books, too. Yeah, it's like uh, that. It's, the it's 60s not quite a comic book, but yeah, yeah, but it was like one page of text, and there's a drawing, and cool. one page. And yeah. those, are, those are really good. We've done a couple of those, but um, this one holds up, I think. Yeah. Clearly, it's dated in some ways. Of course. I, it, it, in general, I think it holds up. I mean, yeah. it's, it still makes you think and makes you talk. It's, it's also just can be read on its surface, like you said, as like a fun sci-fi story. Yeah. You don't even have to think about the implications of it. It's just kind of neat. Ooh, what would happen? If, right, what right. would the world be like in 800,000 years? And to have created the idea of time travel and just – on one hand, you can count how many with gigantic a, with works a vehicle, of, with right, a vehicle, with a vehicle, yeah. And you can just think about how many different things: Doctor Who, Bill and Ted, right. the Avengers, you know, Back yeah. to the Future. On on, yeah. Yeah. There's a million terrific yeah. things that are that wouldn't exist, right. or at least 
would have had to have been invented again in some way. Sure. Uh, so I, that, that's just, it's a no brainer. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. All right. Yeah. Well, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Toasting this one. We are, we are toasting this one. And that'll wrap up another edition of Toasting. We haven't talked about what the next thing is going to be. What is the next thing? It's going to be a film. It is a film. And I'm supposed to pick it. You are supposed to pick it. And my kids want me to do Frozen. But I don't think I want to do that. I mean, I like it. It's fine. That's a good movie. But um, I don't know if that's a... I think I want to do uh, something else. I think that I want to go with a movie that I used to really like when I was a kid, and I'm wondering whether it still holds up. Hmm. And I don't know whether it's a classic. To me, kind of is. Um, the Professional. Oh, yeah. Also called Leon. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's Natalie a, Portman's yeah. in it as a little kid and uh, Jean Reno. Yeah. Bunch of good actors. The director, um, Luc Besson, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's a, good, oh, a, bunch that's of good a, stuff. That's a so really good one. Yeah. Let's go back and let's look at that one and see if that I one still holds up. I think that's a fantastic that's 30, a good year, pick. 30 years later. I think so. that might be a remake of a Japanese. Uh, I think it's a remake. It is a remake well, of Well, the director's movie. French, and there is a, like a French version. We right. can talk about it. A, a lot of oh. what you notice when you watch this movie is a lot of it is America. If it, when a French person imagines yes. America. Right, so right. it makes, like, I watched yeah. it the first time, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what, <laughs> this is not what life is like. John like, Wayne. Oh, okay. Well, that's they're making. This is somebody who thinks all Americans are killing each other with guns all the time. And so, okay, yeah, fine, yeah. got right, it. Right, all right. right. The police are hugely corrupt, and it's just stuff that doesn't exist. <laughs> John Wayne and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So um, fantastic. Good pick. Look that's forward what to we're it. doing next time. All right. So I think we're done, right? I think we're done. Toasting the classics is out for this week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Bye. Bye. That's it for episode 42 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home. Get some gin, vermouth, Campari, and if you like, an orange peel to garnish your Negroni cocktails. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and your thoughts on commingling with near humans. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics.